The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact. Teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Life goes on. <laughs> A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. A man. A man stands alone at a plate. This is the time for what? For individual achievement. There he stands alone. But in the field, what? Part of a team. Looks, throws, catches, hustles, part of one big team. Bats himself to live long day, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and so on. <laughs> this team don't field. What is he? <laughs> you follow me? No one. Sunny day, stands are full of fans. What does he have to say? I'm going out there for myself. <laughs> but... I get nowhere unless the team wins. Team. Team. Says who? The best music on the best station. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Team. <laughs> it is Tuesday, March 7, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob. Uh, Chez isn't sitting over there anymore. I'm, I'm sure you may have read something about that on Facebook somewhere. But uh, it's just me. Oh, oh but not just me. I'm joined today by uh, oh Ben Cohen. And, uh, ben Cohen from the Daily Banter, of course. And uh, Kimberly A. Johnson from uh, HuffPost and, and Liberals Unite and and about a thousand different Facebook pages. Welcome, both of you. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Bob. Do we have everybody? Is everybody here? Everybody checked in? Everybody signed in? <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> microphone's working? Are we ready to go? Are We, we are checked in. Are we going to do this? Yeah. Okay. I'm here. Ready to go. Uh, With okay. your giant microphone. <laughs> yes, yeah, we just... I have a huge mic, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just learning about Ben Cohen's gigantic <laughs> microphone before the show. Yeah, that's what they all say. You know what they say about a guy with a gigantic microphone? Says who? So, you know, we've decided, uh, I, by we, I mean me, I've decided to change the name of the show, obviously. It, it would be weird if I continued on doing the Bob and Chez show, because then anyone new who was listening would be like, who's this Chez guy and where is he? Or, or what is that? What does that even mean? I mean, it took me a few years to just get beyond, why, what is Bubble Genius? It's the sponsor of the show. Anyway, uh, so I decided to change the name of the show to the Bob's, because it's simple that way i think 
replacing Chez's name and the title of the show would have been really easy to do. I mean, just put someone else's name in that spot. But no, of course, no one can no one can fill those shoes. So I, I went with a show title that doesn't doesn't exclude co-hosts, but it doesn't uh, jam someone else's name into, into Chez's slot. I think that's fair. I think that's fair enough. I think that's good. So we'll proceed uh, along those lines. huh? And uh, I, I think, Kimberly, Ben, I think for the next uh, a couple of weeks, next few weeks or so, we're going to have some uh, some guest co-hosts come in and, and sit in, in, in your spots. And we'll, we'll have you both back as often as possible. And then I think eventually we may settle on like a permanent lineup. And, and that'll happen, you know, a little ways down the road. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to rush things because I fear change. <laughs> That's what I just did. I fear change. And I don't want anything to be different. So uh, eventually we'll stick with a, uh, a regular troop of, uh, of people here on the podcast. So thank you for joining. I want to thank everybody for sending so many kind words and, and notes and uh, text messages and things like that to, to me and everybody else uh, who, who knew Chaz uh, over the past uh, 10 days or so. I, I really appreciate all of that. It just it's so it was always something that I, I mean, I recognized Chez's talents and, and how, how much people loved him on the show and everything like that. I didn't really realize how beloved uh, our own little Eeyore was on, on the show for, for so many years. And, and I appreciate all of those outpourings of support. And, and it means a lot to me to know that all of you are sticking around. In fact, we are, our Patreon total has actually gone up by like $100 in the last 10 days. So that's outstanding. I love that. I love that. That's, I love all of you for sticking with uh, with everything. That's like the third round of applause. So you can tell that I'm in a in a pretty good mood today. So that that's actually good. And until we start talking about the Trump crisis. <laughs> the, tr- the Trump crisis continues on. Yeah, yeah, right. No, it's just one, Ben, it's one ongoing crisis. It's, it just keeps going and going and going, I, you know, and it's like, it's almost like, um, remember when the, uh, this is kind of how I've explained it. Remember when the, the, the hostages were in Iran and, and Ted Koppel would get on. Maybe this is before your time, Ben. I don't know. <laughs> ben, do you remember Nightline in 1979? Did you watch, uh, they, they would do a countdown of the number of, <laughs> yeah, I was there. Yeah. I mean, they, they would do like the number of days. Uh, that the hostages have been <laughs> incarcerated <laughs> in Iran, and it was like an ongoing crisis. So this is sort of the same thing. We're all hostages in the Trump regime, so to speak. So the, the crisis continues on and on. We're just we're we're not even two months into it, and they're already starting to talk about replacing the chief of staff, Reince Priebus, Star Wars Cantina alien Reince Priebus, and and so. Uh, it just doesn't get any better for them. It just things are getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, yesterday, the Republicans rolled out what people are calling Trump Care. Have either of you had had the chance to look at the atrociousness a, a of this Trump Care? It is so bad. It is going to be this thing. They have had how many years to work on this? They. Uh, Obamacare was debated and passed in 09 and into, I think it was about this time in 2010 when Obamacare was finally signed and became officially law when uh, Joe Biden said this is a big f***ing deal. And and in that time, the Republicans hadn't come up with anything other than a, a repeal plan, which isn't even a plan. It's just like, we're going to get we're just going to repeal it. I'm just going to get rid of it. Yeah, but it was it was Romney care first, and that was their plan. So now, uh, since Obama kind of took it from them, yep. <laughs> now they've got Jack. Exactly. They they don't know what to replace it with. They're tasked with replacing it with something. And see, that's the problem. The the Republicans are. I, I think Ben's having trouble with this gigantic microphone. <laughs> I'm still here. I think it's so big that that, that it sound. <laughs> Yeah. You just can't help but just accidentally hit it with your hands as you're gesturing. It and just keeps getting in the way. It keeps hit, hitting it, you in the face. And but seriously, guys, can you hear sound distortion? I am wondering whether my mic might be too big. What, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I, it sounds good. Your, your gigantic microphone sounds good. I'm just, you know what? I'm glad I'm not looking at it because I might be, I might fear it. I might look at it and go, wow, that's just too goddamn big. Ben's, I've got microphone envy. I don't want to have that on on the first show back after after Chez is gone. Um, but suffice to say, this plan is a disaster. 
Uh, uh, Donald Trump thinks it's the greatest thing ever, even though it does nothing that he's promised and makes him look like an idiot. Because now he's out there on Twitter. He just doesn't understand anything, so he'll just agree to whatever they put in front of him. That's right. Trump knows nothing. Trump has no clue about any of this stuff. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that, and this would have been, last week, this would have been an entire show talking about nobody knew that healthcare was so complicated. I mean, Donald Trump actually said that, indicating that Donald Trump has never sat at a desk and looked over premiums and deductibles and compared rates and said, well, which which HMO is better for me and Uday and Kuse and... Ivanka over there and <laughs> what what healthcare plan is going to be the most affordable? He's never ever done that. This is not something that Trump looks into. It's not his purview as part of the uh whatever the the gigantic and ever growing Trump family. And and so the problem is that consequently he doesn't know anything about healthcare. The president of the United States knows nothing about healthcare. And evidently the speaker of the house doesn't know anything about healthcare either because this thing is a goddamn disaster. So I had wanted to ask you Bob and Kimberly I'd like to get your your thoughts on this because I've been trying to sort of um I've been mulling this over. Yeah. You hear a lot in um, certain circles about, you know, th- this is all a distraction that that Trump sends these tweets out and, and you know, it, he, pl- he plays the idiot. Yeah. And he, you know, actually what's happening is a big master strategy to kind of, you know, take over America and dismantle the state. And I think that's what the Republicans are doing. But I don't think that Trump knows what he's doing. I just don't think he understands anything like you were saying. Yeah. Do you think there's any intelligence behind this? Do you think there is actually some strategy going no, on here? No, 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 not at all. Not, there's no, I mean, again, I, I've been writing about this for a couple of weeks now. There is no three-dimensional chess inside the Trump White House, there's, at least in terms mm. of his own thought process. Now, Steve Bannon and and Stephen Miller and Ryan Spribus and all the people surrounding Donald Trump right now, this Mm. This, this basket of incompetence, uh, they are probably coming up with all kinds of things. And in fact, we're going to talk about something that Steve Bannon, at least uh, Muggsy Costa, Robert Costa from uh, the Washington Post reported this yesterday, going to talk about Steve Bannon and something he's up to that is quite sinister and twisted and, and involves some sort of long term at least in the context of the Trump administration, some sort of long-term strategy to achieve mm. a certain end. And it's really, really bad. But we're going to get to that. I don't want to put the cart before the horse and get to that too soon. But suffice to say, they're working on it. But with regard to Trump himself, he lives in, in the eternal now. There is no long game for Donald Trump. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm borrowing from uh, columnist Michael Gerson, who described Donald Trump as existing in the eternal now, constantly reacting to whatever he sees in front of him and, and not even thinking about what happened before or thinking about what's going to come next. It's always about, oh, look, Steve Ducey just said something that I'm going to comment on Twitter now. He's kind of like, you know, it's like when the old days of, uh, of blogging where just everyone had their own blog and everyone would just react to what was going on in the news. And that's what Donald Trump is basically reacting like a blogger instead of the president of the United States. Oh, this is outrageous. I'm going to blurt something about this on Twitter. Wait till they hear about, wait till they hear what I have to say. Wait till they hear my take on this. And so that's what he's doing. And consequently, there's no, there's no strategy to it. The entire executive branch is seeing this stuff and going, I guess we need to do something. (laughs) The, The president has set some sort of policy on Twitter. I don't know. I think that kind of the distraction comes from the people, and I will give an example. I think that, um, you know, it, it's important to focus on whatever he's saying, whatever he's doing. We need to focus mm. on that, yeah. um, you know, whether it has to do with Russia or not. But we also have to focus on, because there's all these, like, Facebook posts going around saying, while the Russia, sca- Russia scandal is happening, uh, this bill passed and this bill passed. So, yes, we have to be aware of all of it. But here's here's what I think is a distraction. When all the major media outlets, or at least, you know... Um, I won't name them because obviously Washington Post isn't necessarily doing it, although I don't, they might have. Um, the story of Kellyanne Conway sitting in the Oval Office, like oh, she's yeah. a third grader or like a three year old. I shouldn't even say third grader. Um, while I can understand that, you know, m- funny memes can be made and we can poke fun of her because it, it was awkward and not professional. Those stories take up so much of our time, and they have nothing to do with anything other yeah. than poking fun at her. Those are the distractions. Yeah, it's really easy to see the non-stories. It's really easy to separate the non-stories mm. from the stories. because, And this is something that I'm, I'm taking odds with with a lot of people, which is that 
You know, there's nothing wrong with covering Trump's tweets. He's the president of the United States, and he's making public statements on Twitter that not only inform his line of thinking, but it's also informing where he's getting his information. And that's valuable to, yeah. to know mm. that as being the, the resistance, as being the opposition. It's valuable to know. And it's an insight to his psyche as well. Exactly. Exactly. So keeping an eye on Donald Trump's, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as as long as long we're multitasking, as long as we can say, well, they, these are these ridiculous Trump tweets, but then there's also this other story there and these other series of stories going on over here, too. And I think there's enough yeah, I mean, people. I, I, I think, you know, you make a really good point there. And, um, you know, I, I was talking to one of the other banter writers today, actually, um, Shannon. And yeah. both of us, we, we were saying that this is it's becoming almost impossible to keep up with the bad news. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> yeah. It's becoming, it's yeah. coming so fast and it's so overwhelming mm. that, you know, I, I don't know if you, you find this. I go online in the morning and I look at what, what's happening mm-hmm. And I just don't know where to start sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I have a story idea then, and then, you know, then something else will pop up immediately. Yeah. And you think, okay, well, which one is more important? I don't know which one is more. They're all important. Yeah. Or they when are. you're like they're, writing about something and then it changes. And by the time you finish writing about it, it's a whole new story. So it's all different now. Yeah. I mean, look, the whole thing is a challenge. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, mm-hmm. no one said that uh, covering Donald Trump would be simple. And I think the... The key is to keep circling back. It's almost like the theory of uh, of using like an ironing board. You're ironing a piece of clothing and you, you iron down a little more, but then you backtrack a little bit and then you iron a little further and then you backtrack and then you iron a little further. I think that's mm-hmm. the key to keeping up with all of this. Triaging and prioritizing the stories as they happen, keeping a mental mm. list, or I actually have a dry erase board that I just write shit on. I just everything that happens that I'm kind of covering in an ongoing way, I just put it on the dry erase board, so I could just easily reference that. But I mean, not mm. every like, like you have a, if you have a regular job and you have a family, no one can keep up with that crap. No one wants to. Oh yes, uh, uh, dear, I'm gonna, I, I'm working on my dry erase board. I'll be late for dinner tonight. No one. <laughs> No well, one that's wants where to do the journalists that. come in. You well, know, we, yeah, exactly. we tell the stories and um, or we, you know, give our opinions and whatnot. But, you know, uh, regular people who are just living their regular lives are going to only be able to absorb so much. I think the important yeah. thing is, uh, you know, pushing the idea that we have to resist and showing up in town halls and um, holding the GOP accountable and letting them know what we think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just a matter of uh, of just prioritizing what's what's important and what's not important. I think the important things mm. are, are, there are many of them, but uh, they're easy to spot. And and like Kimberly was saying, I mean, the, the Kellyanne Conway kneeling on the couch thing was just a big nothing. And it's, you know, it's fun to, to circulate the jokes and see the memes and everything like that. But as long as we understand that it's a, it's a two-hour story at best rather than something that just, you know, and I get the frustration of the hypocrisy. I mean, no one understands that more than the three of us following, mm. uh, going back to uh, the George W. Bush administration, having followed all of that and seeing all of the things they got away with then and then which were then forbidden under Barack Obama, which are now okay under Trump. Mm-hmm. It's it's enormously frustrating and it's unfair and it's unjust. Uh, but, but I think Kellyanne Conway with her feet up on the couch in the Oval Office is probably way, way low on the the list. Yeah. The the least of our concerns. I mean, you know, there is a, I, I confess to getting, you know, when you see things like that and you remember how badly Obama was Mm -hmm. treated, you know, for like wearing, not having a tie or something or, you know know what I mean? Putting his feet up on the desk. I mean, he was, he was attacked for eating, for liking gherkins in his, uh, uh, tuna salad. I mean, that's just the the insanity that was going on eight years ago. Gherkins. Mm. Remember he was attacked for, for liking arugula in his salad. These were actual things from the early days of the Obama administration. I remember one time Ches and I must have said, I think maybe, I don't know, something like I made a supercut of it. It was like a minute and a half worth of in a single episode. And that was after Barack Obama uh, uh, violated the presidential rule that you're not supposed to wear tan suits during press conferences. Remember that? Remember the tan suit controversy? Oh, my. Oh, my God. I mean, if you imagine it now, I mean, look, look, um, eight years ago today. The entire political internet was, and of course, everything in D, everything inside and everyone inside D.C. were debating Barack Obama's stimulus package. And remember, it, most of that stimulus package was a middle class tax cut, and then the rest of it was infrastructure spending on uh, on roads and things like that, roads and bridges, et cetera. 
total, I think the total cost of the stimulus bill was $800 billion. And we were losing 800,000 jobs a month at that time. So getting a stimulus package in there was something that was necessary. And it was also something that that all presidents have done. Whenever there's an economic Mm. downturn, presidents push for a stimulus. You look at, you know, go to Google and type in stimulus and you can see a list of all the presidents who have proposed and passed stimulus packages. So that's what Barack Obama was doing. $800 billion at the time. Fast forward eight yeah, years. Yeah, most of it, the majority of it were tax cuts. Yeah, tax cuts. I mean, the biggest middle class tax cut in the history of the United States. That's that was yeah. included in the stimulus. But, that, but it was so it was socialism. It, it was, was communism. Yeah, exactly. It was socialism and the, the leaning on the red scare button. It was just insane. In fact, I got in trouble with the Huffington Post because I accused Joe Scarborough, who's a friend of Ariana Huffington, of being a neo McCarthyite because he was leaning on the red scare button so heavily at the time. And you remember Glenn Beck was doing it too. That was $800 billion. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump in his joint session address last week proposed infrastructure spending of $1 trillion. That's insane. So, I mean, here we are, you know, eight years ago debating a, a stimulus package that actually did help the economy quite a bit. And now here we are eight years later and Donald Trump is easily able to walk away with, uh, you know, proposing a one trillion dollar infrastructure package, which I think would be OK. It's not something that I hate, but he's surrounded by all of this other insanity. So mm. everything else, all of the other stuff just gets uh, uh, we can't even think about the infrastructure because we're too busy talking about uh, whether Obama wiretapped uh, uh, Trump Tower. Just absolutely crazy. It's madness, but, yeah. I mean, what 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 does the fine? I haven't looked into his stimulus package. Yet. I read a Krugman article about that, and Krugman basically said, you know, it's bull. Yeah. Um, his stimulus package is essentially just crony capitalism. Um, oh, it's yeah, going to consist yeah. of tax cuts to to kind of favoured uh, construction companies. Um, yep. It won't help, it won't help, but it won't actually improve the country's infrastructure in the way that it needs to be improved. Well, you want to talk about tax cuts, big time tax cuts. I want to get into this um, Republican uh, uh, replacement for Obamacare after the break, because that's like basically it's a gigantic tax cut. It's a gigantic mm-hmm. because it, it repeals a bunch of stuff from uh, Obamacare and it's a it, it'll be a gigantic windfall for all the people who are affected by some of the necessary taxes that were in Obamacare. So I talk about that in just a second. We're going to talk about Blue Apron right now. So Blue Apron, because... I, I like to eat, and the problem with liking to eat, for me at least, is the fact that I'm I'm not really good at cooking, and I'm even worse at selecting interesting things to eat on a on a daily basis because I just I I tend to eat the same thing because it's simple, but that's not very good. It's not tasty at all. It's not it's not enough variety. It's not healthy. So thank God there's Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Its mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and it achieves this by supporting more sustainable food systems, setting the highest standards of ingredients, and building a community of home chefs, including me. Mm. Okay, so here's what we got. This is what's coming up uh, at Blue Apron. See, they send all the ingredients to you, and it's all pre-portioned, so it's really easy to prepare. They give you all the instructions. It's, it's idiot-proof. Trust me. Coming up at BlueApron.com, I can't wait. Salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli. Pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple. Vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips. Mm-mm-mm. Spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. All coming up at Blue Apron. For less than uh, $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Uh, Meals are not repeated within a year, so you never, ever, ever, ever get bored. All right, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash bobc, B-O-B-C. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. That's Bob C. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to the Tuesday Show. Thank you for joining us today. Really, really appreciate it. 
Okay, Ben, Kimberly, we got to get into this uh, this healthcare proposal, which is being destroyed by both sides today. I mean, this is this is all an example of the fact that when you elect people who hate government to lead that government, they don't know what they're doing. They're not. You don't put people who hate government in charge of the government because. They're not very good at doing government. And this is just a, this is a great example of that. Of course, their replacement, the, the, the name of the replacement plan, the American Healthcare Act, the AHCA, the American oh, Healthcare Act. I've been referring to it as the American Healthcare Act. F- yeah. They always get, I mean, what is it, in, as opposed to the Bulgarian Healthcare Act or, you know, God damn it. Well, look, I mean, they, they don't have much else, so they got to come up with a name or something. Yeah, they always well, have it to... just basically means it's a, it's a healthcare plan invented by white people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's the American Healthcare Act. Thank goodness, because I was afraid they were going to propose like the Guatemalan Healthcare Act. It was just, it would have been really, really bad for those of us here in, um, you know, America. But here's the first thing. This is like the thing that really sticked out, uh, stuck out to me. Sticked out? S- sticked out. Yeah, that's right. My first show back. I'm just like, sticked <laughs> out. Um, here's the first thing that stuck out to me, which is the, uh, is the repeal of the individual mandate. As you know, the individual mandate is there for a reason. No one likes it. It's, it's the least popular thing in the Affordable Care Act in uh, Obamacare. But it's there so people don't game the system. So when they suddenly get sick, they they buy insurance, and then when they're better, they cancel the insurance. It prevents the scamming of the system. So if you don't get insurance, you're charged a penalty on your taxes, and then that tax penalty goes into help funding the subsidies and the different uh, uh, costs of the Affordable Care Act. It makes perfect sense, even though it is shitty and unpopular. Except, well, it's not shitty. It's shitty if you end up having to pay it at some point but um the problem is is now that's repealed they're they're taking that away and that's something that's no surprise they've been talking about that for years getting rid of the individual mandate the thing is is they've replaced it with this 30 percent premium surcharge and at the same time they've taken away this they're taking away the subsidies and they're going to replace it with a tax credit that is doled out not based on income but based on age so the older you are, the greater the uh, tax credit you're going to get. So this, so if you're young and poor, you're screwed. Here's how else you're screwed. It, it, for anyone who's, of any poor people of any age, here's how they're screwed by the American Health Care Act. Fuck yeah. They're screwed because the tax credits don't change. And as you know, as we all know, because we all have health insurance, premiums go up every year. That's just the way of things. Now, the key for Obamacare was keep those premiums from going up as high as they were year over year before Obamacare. So the increase in premiums that we're seeing under Obamacare are not as drastic as they were before. Uh, So what do you suppose is happening inside Ben's? Place. I'm just listening. The to dog. <laughs> it's like the Three Stooges fixing the plumbing. Ben, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Maybe, I don't, maybe he somebody tied him up and he's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, someone's his terrorists have broken into Ben's place and oh, they tied I him up. Sorry, guys. It, it cut out. And then all I heard was Ben. Hello? What was that noise? It, just, it felt like you were being abducted. Yeah. <laughs> sounded like. I don't know. Look, the, the sound cut out in my end. So it's probably. I, I, it's the size of my mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know, what they all right. say. Contain jealousy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so here's the problem. As premiums go up, the tax credits remain the same. What does that do? That makes premiums more and more expensive year after year for poor people because the tax credit they're going to be getting is not going is is eventually not going to be able to cover these rising premiums. So then what happens is is they end up not being able to pay for their insurance for a couple of months. They get behind. The, this legislation also says that within if you go without paying for your insurance. So they cancel your insurance. You go with a, go without insurance for 63 days. The, for the subsequent year, 
you will have to pay a 30% premium surcharge on every premium payment you make. So do the math. If your monthly premium is $1,000 a month, add on another 30% every month as a, as a penalty for not paying because they gamed it in a way that, you, that poor people won't be able to pay eventually. If, you're, if your subsidy is $200 and your premium is $200, but then next year the premium goes up to $300, your subsidy will say remain at $200. And then it goes up the, the following year. Say it goes up to $400 the following year. Your subsidy remains or your tax credit remains $200. It doesn't change with the rising premium. So this basically... In addition to scaring the health insurance industry away from covering people on the individual market entirely, because that's really the the crisis here, monkeying with the Affordable Care Act and monkeying with how all of this works is going to terrify the health insurance companies, and they are going to start saying, hey, you know what? This isn't even worth it anymore. We're going to stick to employer-based plans. We're going to stick to group plans, and we're going to get out of the individual marketplace entirely. And some have already done that. But there are going to be more and more and more and more and more, especially when you say, hey, by the way, we're not going to have a mandate anymore. And we're going to have this surcharge thing. And by the way, you can you can handle how you apply that surcharge however you want insurance companies. It's not even the money for the surcharge. The money for the penalty doesn't even go to the government. It goes to the insurance companies. Meanwhile, you've got the Republicans who are now lining up against it because Frankly, a lot of Republicans, they just want to repeal it. They just want to repeal Obamacare and be done with it. So now Paul Ryan rolls out this plan that seems like, or what Paul Krugman referred to uh, this plan as, Obamacare, not Obamacare 2.0, it's Obamacare 0.5. It's like, it's like half as good and half as effective as Obamacare was. And we haven't even had the CBO scoring. So as soon as I imagine, as soon as the CBO takes a look at this, they're going to go, oh, God. <laughs> and so now Trump is making it seem like this is just the first step. Like, oh, OK, well, no, wait. <laughs> now that everyone's saying that this sucks, everyone who says, and by the way, they're referring to it as Trump care now, even though he had nothing to do with the legislation, they're referring to it as Trump. Care. So Trump care sucks. And suddenly Trump care. Trump has, has to actually tweet and say, oh, wait, 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 wait this is just the beginning part. We're going to we're going to make other things that are going to make it better. That, that, that's a good point, by the way, that we should all start referring to this as Trump care. So he owns this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's you know, he's already there. We're going to talk about Trump's tweets coming up here in just a second. But one of the things he wrote uh, this morning is he said that, uh, oh, he referred to he referred to the American Health Care Act. F- yeah. As uh, our wonderful new health care bill. He said here, our wonderful new health care bill is now out for review and negotiation. Which means he's okay with, like, let's just tear this all apart. Even though it is wonderful, Obamacare is, by the way, he also wrote here, Obamacare is a complete and total disaster, is imploding fast. And he probably has a keyboard shortcut that automatically puts that into all of his Obamacare tweets. It's a complete, total disaster. It's imploding fast. (laughs) He's always got to include that. Mm -hmm. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, uh, some more Trump tweets because there are quite a few here, not only from today, but from, God, the ones from over the weekend. We've got to talk about wiretapping again and the misspelling of the word tap. That's coming up right after these messages. Back after this. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support The Bob and Chez Show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. Shove Bob Seska into your pants and haul him around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob Seska Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Yeah, well, right now it's still called the Bob and Chez Show on iTunes. That'll eventually, uh, I'll have to fix all that crap. 
Uh, okay. Oh, by the way, second half of today's show brought to you by the uh, BobSuska.com Amazon link. If you shop at Amazon, enter the site using our link just beneath the logo at BobSuska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs nothing extra and helps support the show. So you can go, just go shopping. Just go shopping as usual at Amazon.com. But if you go through our link, uh, we get a small commission. All right. And uh, oh, by the way, if you uh, if you have a small business and you source goods and materials from uh, Amazon.com, make sure to go through our link for that one too because that's big that's big time stuff like you buy a computer that's amazing we get a huge commission off of a computer so buy uh, buy equipment through the amazon link too okay so uh let's see moving along here <clears throat> uh jason chaffetz uh put his foot in his mouth today <laughs> everyone's just completely flummoxed and by everyone i mean the republicans uh totally flummoxed by healthcare. they just don't know how to deal with it because it's something that's not within their nature to do this. I mean, Republicans have always ever mentioned health care only in the context of opposing the Democratic attempts to have health care reform. So this is brand new ground for them. I mean, we've got basically like uh, uh, training wheels. Pre- we've got a training wheels president. We've got a training wheels Congress uh, dealing with health care. No one knows what the hell they're doing uh, on either end of uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. So we've got Rob Portman of Ohio. Corey Gardner of Colorado, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia say the plan, quote, lacks key provisions for those on Medicaid, which was expanded on our, uh, Obamacare. And so now those senators are opposing Paul Ryan's plan right out of the chute. So familiarize yourself with these names, Portman, Gardner, Murkowski, and Capito. Those are the names who are going to be the fly in the ointment for the Republicans. <laughs> And that list is only going to expand. Now, did you all, did you all see what Jason Chaffetz yes. said? Yes, he's tall. Yeah. Well, here's here's the problem with uh, with what Jason Chaffetz said, which is more than obvious. People need uh, people need to have cell phones. It's it's funny to hear Republicans. Well, why don't you go get a job? Go. Why why are you uh, sucking off the government teeth? Why don't you just go get a a job for yourself? Well, in order to get a job in the modern era, you don't go to you don't simply go to Kinkos and start walking around handing out resumes. You have to you have to have a phone. You did have you to have access he, to the internet. Did you say what he said? Did I miss it? Well, what he said was no. Uh, yeah, I forgot to say. <laughs> he actually said uh, poor Americans should go without cell phones in order to pay for health care. That's exactly well, what but, he said. But not only that, he said it in such a way. And so maybe rather than getting that new iPhone yeah. that they just love, acting like, you know, oh, this this wonderful uh, little bling thing. It's not even that. Yeah. You know, he he, he, he put them down. He was so f***ing condescending. Yeah. Well, then that's just it, too. But I mean, the thing is, people need cell phones in order yeah. to get jobs. People need cell phones in order to have families and, and survive in the modern era. That's how that's how things work now. And say, oh yeah, go without cell phones, but make sure to get a job too. Well, but, how am I, I mean, supposed it, to do that? It goes, it goes, it kind of feeds this right wing myth that the poor mismanage their money. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're out there spending, yep. you know, they're spending welfare money on on uh, on alcohol and drugs and all this kind of stuff. So th- th- this is um, uh, again, this is kind of right wing proper. It feeds into this whole right wing propaganda stuff about the, the poor blaming poor people for their own circumstances. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, accusing them of being lazy and you know you wouldn't but it's something so serious as healthcare. Yeah. Um, you would have thought they might have kind of spared <laughs> yeah, right. spared us this, you know, th- this type of uh, lecturing but yeah, I mean, they, I, maybe they learned their lesson because in the past it used to be, well, what about refrigerators and air conditioning? Do they really need that? Yeah. Do they really need to have those things? Do they really need refrigerated food? What about indoor plumbing? Do poor people need that? Jesus Christ. Exactly, yeah. Just go go in the outhouse. Go build an outhouse and use that. Yeah, I mean, just the, the ridiculous amounts of agitprop coming out of uh, Fox News Channel and Breitbart and, and the Congressional Republic. And now... The Oval Office on top of everything mm-hmm. else. Like, for example, this morning, here's something that uh, Trump lied about on, on Twitter this morning. And it's a big shocker. Trump is lying on Twitter. But he uh, he tweeted here today, which we're not sure whether or not this came from Fox and Friends or Breitbart. But what Trump has been doing lately, at least over the last several days, is when he's reacting to something that he sees on Fox and Friends, he actually tags Fox and Friends at the end. <laughs> 
Like, I saw that. Like, they've got to see this. Uh, you know, uh, Steve Ducey, Brian Kilmeade, you have to see what I'm about to say about your show. So he tags them so they'll they'll see it in his they'll see what he says in their mentions. Jesus Christ. It's just like you want to tell the world, please, please, please do not look at us through the same lens you look at Donald Trump. We are nothing like him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, some of us are, but not the the majority. Jesus Christ. I mean, the president of the United States is acting and 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 reacting to Brian Kilmeade. I know. Well, and Steve Ducey. And Steve Ducey, Steve Ducey, the guy who used to, you know, b- b- do all the kicker stories at the end of the NBC News, uh, local uh, local news, like the five o'clock news in, in Washington, D.C. for like 20 years. And now he's influencing the president. Steve, du- the Ducey it's, in the it's box. Madness. It's madness. I mean, so, so what, where does this end? Where, what, I, what I, you know, what kind of I struggle with on a day to day basis? Yeah. Is, does, how, how does this end? How does this get reconciled it, well we are, have to vote two americans <laughs> yeah. democrats have to, to democrats have to message better and um i have all kinds of ideas about that but and then we have to uh, and i'm really hoping that the dnc gets their <laughs> together and really 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 um you know trains the the new people they're gonna they're they're gonna run to go on fox not not only new people but you know people like al franken need to go on fox news if fox news will let them people like elizabeth warren and bernie sanders need to do town halls and go on fox news and talk to these people that's how it will end because as long as democrats ignore um the people in the red states or the or the you know the the red voters they're going to continue on the cycle and uh, you know, Bernie Sanders did a, a town or like a town hall, I think it was, with Chris Hayes and um, mm. talked to Trump supporters, and he was able to turn some of those voters around. So, as when they're presented with thoughtful um, and factual information, they can be swayed, but they need they they can change their votes, they can change their minds. But if no one's doing it, this is the this is the path we're gonna keep going down. Yeah, well, it's it's really a matter too. I think of of the people who are still seeing clearly and and actually observing objective reality to say to their Republican members of Congress, you have to stand up to this guy, and and when it comes right down to it, you have to ask him to resign. You have to, and not, not just ask him, you have to force him to resign. That's the only Time way he's going to leave. Yeah. And yeah. the only other option is to roll the dice on 2018 and hope the Democrats uh, are able to pull it out with some of the things that Kimberly was saying and, uh, and, and getting messaging that actually works, framing the debates the way they ought to be. But I mean, mm-hmm. I mean what do you do when there's a constant stream of lies that, that keep popping up and and we constantly have to be swatting them down. It's like the Kramer when Kramer was on the, was the severed toe on the bus. Like, do we keep making all the stops as long as they keep ringing the bell? I guess I guess we have to. But there are. Yeah, that's I, I think. And I think a lot of Republicans don't seem to grasp just how serious this is. The damage is not now. The damage is forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this guy has changed America. The, the, America will never be the same after this. Like right, this right. guy is actively destroying the country he's destroying uh america's standing in the world he's about to lay waste to the welfare state he's about to lay waste. you know he claims he's going to do an infrastructure project i bet you it won't actually improve anything uh, that actually needs to get done um you know it, they're going to dismantle the epa uh, they're going to get rid of the department of education i mean this is you're, you're witnessing the decimation of the nation state yeah right of of the american government it's disappearing that's right that's Uh, right and and america as a sort of forward-thinking progressive country that's engaged with the outside world in a kind of meaningful and and productive way that's gone that's gone that's ended now yeah yeah so uh, i'm not sure if whether whether enough people really understand what's happening and and this can't this doesn't just get undone because trump goes and oh it's another eight years and we've got democrat in and we'll go back to having a republican no 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 no. this guy is wrecking the country yeah absolutely god and and it's not just it's not just legislatively it's not just with the executive orders it's it's something that i've been observing for a long time which is that by rejecting the traditions of the office by rejecting the rules that presidents should operate under he's making it okay and the the worst case scenario i think is if suddenly trump is popular if Trump is popular and he's still behaving like this with constant lying on Twitter, constant blurting, constant erratic behavior, then that's going to make that behavior acceptable. And, of course, all the copycats, you're going to see 
hundreds if not thousands of candidates running for president adopting the trump style as long as as long as they perceive it as being successful and that's the real danger because that's what leads us to idiocracy it's it's possible to contain this it's possible to shove this toothpaste back in the tube and and to eventually get back to a place where there is a level of decorum and tradition about uh the executive branch and the presidency but if if suddenly Trump is popular, then uh, then all well, bets are off. But it also comes down. I mean, yes, right now we're at a uh, a point. We're, we're at such a point in this nation where we're we're at a test, and it really is up to the American people. If we can't get our mm-hmm. together, then this is the road that we're going to be on. And again, I hold the Democrats responsible because we can't depend on the Republicans to to give a to care about the American people. They've proved that they don't. They haven't. So again, this all goes back to the strategy of the Democrats. I think that that Trump at this point in the game and depending on how we deal with him could serve as a cautionary tale in the future, just like Nixon did. Although, you know, here's Trump. But, um, but you know, at least for a while he served as a cautionary tale. Yeah. But if the Democrats um, don't get their together and develop... Because you know what? We've got... We've got a few really strong voices out in the Democratic Party, um, but they're here, they're there. There is no cohesive uh, coalition of Democrats that have all come together and said, "Okay, we're going to do this." And we're, you know, yes, there are individuals, and more and more we're seeing them, and that's good. But we need a strong, unified message from the party. And I don't give a that there are people out there who are pissed off because they didn't get their way with the DNC vote. Look, we don't always Mm. get our way in politics. Let's work with what we have and let's see what Tom Perez and Keith Ellison are going to do. And I hope that, you know, I mean, on both of their platforms, they say that, you know, they want to do a zip code strategy, that it's an ongoing 12-month thing. It's not just every, you know, just when we have elections, they pop up. And it's always about going out there and talking to constituents. That's right. As long as the constituents understand what's at stake and what they have to gain and what they have to lose, we have a better shot. But if they don't do it, you know, they're 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 shooting themselves in the foot. Yep, absolutely. Well, yeah, I want to get to some of these uh these Trump because there's especially a a Trump tweet from today about Guantanamo Bay that I want to get to before we wrap up the show. Also, I want to talk about Ben Carson. Uh, but we're going to do that right after one last oh break. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> one last break. Back with more show right after this. Friends of Romans, of bubbleheads, lend me your tubs. We come to banish dirt, not to raise it. The evil that some soaps do lives after them. Their good is oft washed down the drain. So let it not be with Bubble Genius. It's the Ides of March, and Bubble Genius celebrates our world's rich history this March 15th, a.k.a. the day the world said, See you later, Caesar, with our bloodbath bubble bath. Have your own worldly wash in our bubbly, sweet-smelling bubble bath, without all that bother of doing anyone in. So toss on a toga, lay on your laurel, and bubble down with us. Bloodbath by Bubble Genius, the home of natural and fun bath and body products. Beware the Ides of Surfactants. Only at BubbleGenius.com. I'm Mark Antony, and I approve this message. China! is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to the show. One last segment here to do today. Thank you for joining us, as always. Here's what Trump tweeted uh, earlier this morning. (laughs) It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, And I'm wondering where he got this. Again, this goes back to what we were talking about the previous segment. Where did he get this? Brian Kilmeade, Breitbart, Mark Levin, I don't know. Here's what he tweeted. 122 vicious prisoners released by the Obama administration from Gitmo have returned to the battlefield. Just another terrible decision. That's what uh, that's what Trump wrote today. Okay, so let's let's do this. Um, Okay, here's here's the actual here's the reality of what happened with Guantanamo detainees from president to president to president. Okay, George W. Bush released 532 detainees. 
113 of those detainees return to terrorism. By the way, I'm getting this from the official website of the Director of National Intelligence at DNI.gov. You can actually look up that link on my Twitter feed. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bush released 532 detainees, 113 returned to terrorism. You know how many Obama released? Obama released 161 detainees from Guantanamo. You know how many re- returned to the, uh, the the terrorism battlefield, whatever you want to call it? Hmm. Nine. Nine. So Donald Trump was off by what? Uh, 113? Wow. <laughs> 113 prisoners? Way, way off. So, of course, Donald Trump didn't... Donald Trump, who has access to the entire intelligence community of the United States of America, the world's largest intelligence community... The, the most expensive intelligence community. He has a list of advisors a mile long who can answer this question for him. If not, he can go to Google and type in DNI.gov and Bush detainees versus Obama detainees and then add Gitmo in there if he wants to. If he wants to be really thorough with his Google search. Instead, he probably just got this from Breitbart or Fox News Channel. And if it was at 7 o'clock in the morning on Fox News Channel, chances are he got this information from one of the giggling couch tumors at Fox and Friends, which is horrifying. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's very, very wrong. I mean, completely wrong about this. Meanwhile, he's also tweeting, uh, don't let fake news, in all caps, tell you that there is a big infighting in the Trump admin. We We are getting along great. Yeah. And getting major things done. God, he is so full of. <laughs> He's so delusional. It's amazing that we have to do this. You know, I I, know. Yeah, I still find it incredible that we have to actually sit through. Yeah. You know, we have to wade through the bullshit, like you know, 140 characters, and he's you know, right. H- how much bullshit is there contained in one tweet? And there's tweet after tweet after tweet, mm-hmm. and bullshit statement after bullshit statement after bullshit statement <laughs> again um, it's it's the president of the united states this, this isn't the, just yeah, some this is the f-ing president again yeah it's not like alex jones it's not like we're we're always covering what alex jones tweets or something like uh oh what, but it what is, is it's like president alex jones it is like president mm-hmm. alex jones but it's but it's the president of the united states and this was just so insane about it we have no choice but to cover this crap otherwise mm-hmm. we're missing a big part of the puzzle we we're getting and, and there's actually a kind of an advantage to covering this because we are getting some sort of glimpse into directly the way the, the, the president is actually thinking. President Trump, which, by the way, two words, according to John Oliver, that don't go together like baby pubes or mom's <laughs> orgasm. I, John Oliver is leading off all of his shows with metaphors. Well, for I love baby pubes, baby. P- but you know what? I've got to say this. Let's just by the way, can, can we quote that on Facebook? Kimberly A. Johnson just said, I love baby pubes. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to say that I believe we need to, you know, look at his tweets, look at what he says, get exasperated, you know, sh- sh- slap our heads against the desk. But then we use it um, to look this country. A hundred million, more than a hundred million people did not vote. Right. So we have an opportunity with Donald Trump. You know, he he he. There's a, a video about um, Annie Lennox or, or, or featuring Annie Lennox saying that he's like a catalyst to women because of all the misogynist statements he's made. And she's absolutely right because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, women in this country have kind of looked the other way for too long at certain kinds of misogyny. We've accepted it. Well, he brings a whole new... Uh, a whole new argument to the table. And I think that that kind of extends into everything else that he does. We use his tweets. We use his words mm. as our motivation to get engaged in the political process. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> I, I wanted to mention this because I brought up Alex Jones and, and hearing from Alex Jones. Well, you know where Donald Trump got uh, all of his uh, wiretap crap from? Yeah. In- incidentally, he got it from Mark Levin. Yeah, I wrote a piece about this um, yesterday on the banter, and if you if you follow the trail, um, it's 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 very uh, well. It's interesting because it got dressed up by Breitbart, mm-hmm. but they dressed up bullshit again. It, yeah. They dressed up a complete load of nonsense. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was if you actually look at it, it was a BBC. The, the only actual real legitimate source in there is a BBC report, which doesn't state anything about um, uh, the fight. The, what was it? The um, 
the oh the Pfizer uh, the Pfizer warrant. Yeah, the Pfizer warrant, which didn't name Trump in it. Right, exactly. But I mean, so, what Trump so, is yeah, what Trump is claiming is that is that Barack Obama went rogue and, as president, like personally ordered wiretaps against Donald Trump at Trump Tower. That's what Donald Trump is alleging, and it all comes from this guy Mark. It's Mark Levin, who I've been aware of Mark Levin as a talk radio host for for years now, mainly because. I don't understand how Mark Levin can have a podcast or have not have a pod, have a radio show with hundreds of national affiliates when his voice sounds like this. We have a prior administration, Barack Obama and his surrogates, who were supporting Hillary Clinton and their party, the Democrat Party, Democrat who were using party. the instrumentalities of the federal government. Yeah, instrumentalities of the federal government. Yeah, well, that's, like, but that's know, like, like a, they, they love him. You know, maybe, I, maybe I, some I, people find it soothing. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like hey. freaking chalk, fingernails on a chalk. But you know, I just want to say, I, my go-to hate page is chicks on the right, and mm-hmm. so um, they posted something about the wiretapping two peas. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, um, somebody took took that article from Breitbart, Breitbart and basically copied it, pasted it in the comments. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, they, they know so much. And yeah. so, you know what? They just all eat it up. They eat it up. You know what Mark Levin sounds like? He sounds like he should be in a nest and, and just about to have like a, a semi-digested worm injected down his throat. <laughs> I mean, give me more of that worm. I, yeah, just poke it right in there. <laughs> He's just, he sounds well, like a baby I, 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 bird. He just sounds like... I don't know how any radio executive goes, hey, yeah, we got to have him on the air for three hours a day. Pay him yeah, millions I mean, of dollars. Well, I've taken to call him, calling him a human boil. Uh, <laughs> a human boil. A human boil who's, yeah. who's kind of perpetually on the verge of having an aneurysm. It's like, it's like Mark, Mark Levin and Alex Jones, two, the two worst voices in but the history of voices. But we're talking about conservatives here. They don't, they don't have the humor. Yeah. They don't have the badass. They think they do, but they just don't. They just and have... so, you know, they listen to stupid assholes <laughs> like this. <laughs> but they're so devoid of, like, empathy, you know, That's devoid it. of yeah. Anything yeah, well, that you would are. recognize as being human. Yeah. That's what that what baffles me the most is that that, that these guys who have these huge audiences, I mean, you, you know, you'd have to be, be incredibly repressed and have some sort of deep seated psychological traumas to find these guys, you know, you could listen to listen to them for more than five minutes at a time. And that is our Republican Party. People are just yeah, it's daddy issues, you know. People are just accustomed to listening to three hours a day of this. I mean, it's just it's staggering. Intelligence activity to surveil members of the Trump campaign and to put that information out in the public. Oh my god! Those are police state tactics. Can you, can you imagine? State. Can you imagine him having sex and what he would? <laughs> just a little lower. <laughs> you get a little more friction down there, goddammit. Yeah, I, I'm amazed that he's managed, to, managed to reproduce. He has actually managed Ew. to reproduce, hasn't he? He, has the, he does have offspring. <laughs> yes! Someone had sex with him. Does he really? Does he have children? That would be, I mean, unbelievable. I Maybe it wasn't voluntary sex, but still someone was forced to have sex and with him. And I know that he's doing well, because, listen, well, you know, this well, the, the subscription service that we use for the bands and member section... <laughs> Um, he uses that as well, and I know for a fact that this guy is raking it in. This guy, yeah, he's the very well. Listen, the, 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 they, you know, I've got to give them credit. They're organised. They're yeah. organised. Oh, yeah. They fund. They fund these guys. You know, right. I know that he's pulling in a lot of money. <laughs> he's pulling a ton of money. Yes, he's one. Of of, I think he's the fourth most popular talk radio host uh, right. or conservative talk radio host out there. That's for sure. And and he sounds like a talking adenoid. I mean, the guy sounds like. He, his voice sounds like a disease. It sounds like something that would just get stuck in your head after a nightmare. Like, oh I my God, there's like... him the one. You know, <laughs> that was Sean Hannity's uh, is the great one. Was yeah. the one. Hannity calls him the great one. Not just the one, the, the great, great one. one. The great the one. Great yeah. Mark Levin. All right. Uh, well, at least... Uh, at least our voices sound okay. <laughs> we, may, we may not be great ones. But but we don't have uh, I am. voices that sound like we gargle glass or something. Okay, uh, thank you for joining us today. We've got the post-wardom show coming up as usual at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's going to get, uh, I think that uh, Patreon page is good. 
needs a little bit of new branding. There, this is what we is what we need. But still, it's still active, so you can still go to patreon.com slash bobandchez and support the show there. I'm going to keep that going. That's going to be all pretty much the same. I doubt we're going to be able to launch daily shows as planned per the uh, Patreon goal. But, I mean, it's not its not going to be permanently that way. We're just going to have to push back the daily show idea just a little bit longer. Even if we get to the uh, 7,500, we're just going to push it back a little bit because it was... Of course, all predicated on the fact that uh, that that Chez wouldn't die, you know. But what can I say? So at Patreon.com/slash Bob and Chez, if you sign up at the ten dollar level or the five dollar level, you can get the postmortem show. If you sign up at the ten dollar level, you get the postmortem show plus the after party. And if you sign up for fifteen dollars uh, a month, you get those all that crap plus an uncensored, uh, commercial-free version of this show. All right, post-mortem show coming up. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.